Hello, my name is Henneke Watkis-Porto and welcome to My Daily Devotion, a daily bite-sized podcast for those wanting to enrich their souls and forge a deeper relationship with God. It is pure, unpretentious and raw, which flows from the heart, fostering gratitude, peace and a sense of abundance. It is episode 468 of My Daily Devotion. Reading today is Joel uh, chapter 2. And after that, I will be reading the concise commentary from from Matthew Henry. Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the residents of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. In fact, it is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and total darkness. Like the dawn spreading over like like the dawn spreading over the mountains, a great and strong people appears, such as never existed in ages past and never will again in all generations to come. A fire devours in front of them, and behind them a flame blazes. The land in front of them is like the Garden of Eden, but behind them it is like a desert wasteland. There is no escape from them. Their appearance is like that of horses, and they gallop like war horses. They bound on the tops of the mountains. Their sound is like the sound of chariots, like the sound of fiery flames consuming stubble, like a mighty army deployed for war. Nations writhe in horror before them. All faces turn pale. They attack as warriors attack. They scale walls of men of war as men of war do. Each goes on his own path and they do not change their course. They do not push each other. Each proceeds on his own path. They dodge the arrows, never stopping. They storm the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter through the windows like thieves. The earth quakes before them. The sky shakes. The sun and moon go dark, and the stars cease their shining. The Lord makes his voice heard in the presence of his army. His camp is very large. Those who carry out his command are powerful indeed. The day of the Lord is terrible and dreadful. Who can endure it? Even now, this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent. And leave a blessing behind him. So you can offer a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Announce a sacred fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the aged. Gather the infants, even babies nursing at the breast. Let the groom leave his bedroom and the bride her honeymoon chamber. Let the priests, the Lord ministers, Weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, Have pity on your people, Lord, and do not make your inheritance a disgrace, an object of scorn among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and spared his people. The Lord answered his people, Look, I am about to send you grain, new wine, and fresh oil. You will be satiated with them, and I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. I will drive the north, the northerner far from you, and banish him to a dry and desolate land. 
his front ranks into the Dead Sea and his rear guard into the Mediterranean Sea. His stench will rise. Yes, his rotten smell will rise for he has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, land. Rejoice and be glad for the Lord has done astonishing things. Don't be afraid, wild animals, for the wilderness pastures have turned green. The trees bear their fruit and the fig tree and grapevine yield their riches. Children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God because he gives you the autumn rain for your vindication. He sends flowers, showers for you, both autumn and spring rain as before. The threshing, the threshing floors will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locusts ate, the young locusts, the destroying locusts, and the devouring locusts. My great army that I sent against you, you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams, and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. As the Lord promised among the survivors, the Lord calls. This is the word of the Lord. And I honor it by saying thanks be to God. Looking at Matthew Henry's Bible commentary, the concise um, version of it, that is. The chapter um, on Joel 2, 1 to 14, we see where the priests were to alarm the people with the near approach of the divine judgments. It is the work of ministers to warn of the fatal consequences of sin and to reveal the wrath from heaven against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. The striking description which follows show that show what would attend the devastations of locusts, but may also describe the effects from the ravaging of the land by the Chaldeans. If the alarm of temporal judgment is given to, of, of, to offending nations, how much more should sinners be warned to seek deliverance from the wrath to come? Our business, therefore, on earth must especially be to secure an interest in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we should seek to be weaned from objects which will soon be torn from all who now make idols of them. There must be outward expressions of sorrow and shame, fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tears for trouble must be turned into tears for the sin that caused it. But rending the garments would be vain, except their hearts were rent by abasement and self-abhorrence, by sorrow for their sins and separation from them. There is no question, but 
that if we truly repent of our sins, God will forgive them. But whether he will remove affliction is not promised. Yet the probability of it should encourage us to repent. And looking at verse 15 to 27. The priests and rulers are to appoint a solemn fast. The sinner's supplication is, spare us, good Lord. God is ready to succor his people and he waits to be gracious. They prayed that God would spare them and he answered them. His promises are real answers to the prayers of faith. With him saying and doing are not two things. Some understanding, <clears throat> some understand these promises figuratively as pointing to gospel grace and as fulfilled in the abundant comforts treasured up for believers in the covenant of grace. And the last portion, Joel 2, 28-32, the commentary reads thus, The promise began to be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and it was continued in the converting grace and miraculous gifts of conferred on both Jews and Gentiles. The judgments of God upon a sinful world only go before the judgment of the world in the last day. Calling on God's supposed knowledge of him, faith in him, desire toward him, dependence on him, and as evidence of the sincerity of all this, conscientious obedience to him. Those only shall be delivered in the great day who are now effectually called from sin to God from self to Christ, from things below to things above. And there are two parts in the scripture for me that resonate in this chapter. We always hear people talk about and misquote the Bible. It says, render your heart, not your garment. No, it didn't say to render. It says to rend. To rend is to tear, to render is to give. Two different things. And in the days, people, um, when 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 these when this chapter was written, people were doing the outward symbol of rending their clothes. God is saying, "It's not your clothes that you need to rend. It's your heart. It's your heart that you need." It's not an outward symbol or appearance. It is your heart that I need. So too is God saying to us this morning. I don't need to see you do the things and be and do all the things that make you look like a Christian. And make you look like you're in a relationship with me. No, I want to see you be in a relationship with me. I want your whole heart, not just a part of it. I want your complete self. I want your mind. I want your spirit. I want your soul. I want your body. I, Lord, I, God, want everything, your entire being. And in the last part of it, where the promise of the spirit being poured upon all flesh, you know, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit and upon all flesh. Young men will dream dreams. Old men, visions.
And we're in a season now where God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Not just the elderly, not just the young. Not just those who are saved. Upon all flesh because it's a pouring out upon all flesh. That is going to allow for a conviction, a transformation and a yielding and a submission to God. Holy God, I thank you that in these last days, you are indeed pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. You are pouring out your spirit, God, upon all flesh. Thank you for the Pentecost, the fulfillment of Pentecost. Thank you for the empowerment through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray this morning that your people repent of, from our sin and our sinful ways, Lord. God, this morning I Confess we have not lived up to the way that you have set out for us and that you require of us. I confess we have been selfish, we have been disobedient, we have been unforgiving, we have been envious, boastful, malicious. We have not walked God according. To your clear path set out for us. This morning God we repent. Holy God. Repent. Thank you for a second chance. A third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Many chances you have given us. So this morning I thank you. I thank you for it this morning. And I pray God. That we repent and walk uprightly before your sight. That God, we will indeed rend our hearts, not our garments. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This has been my daily devotion. I'm Henika Watkins Porter. Catch me at henikawatkinsporter.com for all other things that I'm involved with. See you soon.